Welcome to the Philosophy of Fighting Podcast with your hosts, Arturo and Anu. All right, so we just finished watching Jake Paul and Tyrone Woodley. What'd you think? Yeah, I'm so pissed. This is exactly what I knew was going to happen. And this is just like reflective of my life that I always just still go, you know what, though? Let me trust my heart instead of my brain. And, <laughs> and I'm just upset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I to- thought Jake Paul was going to win. I did think Woodley looked definitely looked better than the announcers thought he was doing. The announcers, I think, scored it like seven to one. Yes. And I thought the announcers were horrible. And this was one of the first times I was thinking, like, if I was listening to this on mute, like, I'd be so surprised at the scoring they was giving. Mm -hmm. After round four, I felt like Woodley won. If it was great in an MMA fight of, like, who's dictating the pace and who did the most damage, Woodley definitely won. I'd be like, all those rounds. Maybe one, Jake Paul got, like, a couple more punches in. But I didn't feel like Jake Paul really hurt him. But Woodley also showed no desire to fucking punch. It was exactly like his last three of his last four fights in MMA. Yeah, I think he's just looking to land a straight right and just be done. He's not looking to like hit him or counter that much. But you can't judge a fight by like who steps forward. That's like the last criteria that judges are supposed to use in MMA. Yeah, but still like... That's like if all other things are equal, then they go there. Yeah, it's like octagon control and aggressiveness like yeah those are the last two criteria so like if all other things are kind of like tied and even then that's the tiebreaker i felt like woodley also did more damage with his punches but i also feel like he just didn't throw nearly enough and the thing is his jabs were working and he had a couple good left hooks and he had one really good right uppercut like it wasn't the straight right that was totally winning it for him Mm -hmm. so but I agree with you. I feel like that's what he started looking for way further in the end. And he also got like a little cocky. It's like, just finish it. Like, and I felt like his corner man, Gerald Tucker was like, listen to me, listen to me, like throw, like he was like, throw punches. And dude, yeah, that's why I don't feel too bad for Woodley. And when he's like, you have six minutes to win this. Like, this is it. Like you, you don't have this in the bag. He pretty much made that known. So for Woodley to kind of, not go all out on that i don't feel too bad how don't you go all out on that you're a champion this is jake paul you were just talking about how much of a clown he is how much you're representing like fighters like yourself i mean it's not easy to like risk getting knocked out especially if he gets knocked out against jake paul that's worse than a split decision i don't know to me it's like you lost to him like it's getting a tattoo right now maybe i didn't feel like he was actually gonna go through with it which is like another thing i just feel like they had the tattoo artist there. Doesn't this have to be like less taxing than some of the five round battles you've been in? Yeah. Like just throw punches. Just throw punches. Like you are a world class athlete. But he couldn't like get close. Punches. Like Jake Paul he, was very good at basically like ring awareness. I thought he did a good job with footwork and getting out. I thought he had decent ring awareness. I think he wouldn't have been able to get out if Tyrone actually threw some punches. Because every time yeah, Tyrone yeah. walked him mm-hmm. down, he did, and he and he yeah, didn't throw Paul punches. Like if he just back, threw some punches, he would step back, angle off, and then if if Tyrone Woodley was getting address- aggressive, then Jake would just throw his jab out, and then Tyrone would like back back out again. He didn't have to. I he just didn't. felt like it was like so. He tr- I think one of the lines that 
Tyrone's corner man said is like this should be an easy fight. Like just be like just do what you need to do. And I feel like Tyrone treated him like an equal, which he was obviously this night, but you shouldn't have treated him that way because you were walking him down. You kind of did have him scared. You did see him taking these huge deep breaths. You only threw like 150 punches in 10, eight, eight rounds, 24 minutes. You threw 150 punches. That's horrible. Yeah, do you Five think it could have punches been a minute? Do you think things would have been different had it been 10 rounds? Yes, definitely. But I think we still would have seen the same Tyrone being like, oh, I still have another mm. mythical three minutes, another mythical six. At the end of the fourth round, he hit a beautiful straight right. That was like, holy fuck. That was the first real punch of the fight yeah, the amongst round, everybody. Mm-hmm. And then Woodley just came out in the fifth round, like crushing him. And he would have had a knockdown if the ropes didn't save Jake Paul. Like he almost literally fell through the ropes with an overhand right. And then in the sixth round, he stopped throwing punches. And I thought like, oh, we're going to see like a new Tyrone. Like got the punch in the fourth round, then the fifth round, dominate him. And then sixth round, he just stopped throwing punches. And if we looked at the averages of each round, they definitely dropped somewhat. And it was just like, if you just maintain that pace, which you can, you're a fucking world-class wrestler and MMA fight. Like, how do you not? And you've been training for this fight. There's no way you should get tired, especially when Jake Paul's not pressuring you. So there was no reason to be that tired. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you weren't like grinded out by somebody and it was like, oh my God, like, yeah, you have to save your energy. Like Jake Paul was on his, was backing up the entire time. Jake Paul was the one that was tired. You could see Jake Paul tired. Anybody watching the fight could see Jake Paul tired. He was taking yep. huge deep breaths. Yep. It felt very amateurish and it hurts the MMA community, I believe, like a little bit. I mean, I would look at it as Tyrone Woodley's 39 years old. He hasn't been good for a very long time. This is kind of what I said last week, just kind of going in. I'm like, you're taking a streaking winning fighter versus a streaking losing fighter. A fighter past his career point. He's old. It's hard to be very good, very explosive, especially like what he's looking for. He's just relying like, oh, I still have my 32-year-old right-hand power. It does fade. I know we, we have a is, friend this is what drives like the Mayweather argument so strong is that like he adapted a lot of boxers or a lot of other fighters don't. Yeah, I it's just annoying. We have a friend, Brian Persky, who's listening to some of our old episodes. And he said, like, we called it after the first Jake Paul fight, like, who should he fight? And we're like, oh, yeah, somebody like Woodley and what somebody like Woodley would be perfect for him because mm-hmm. it was a good name. It had world titles, but also he's older, he's smaller, and his last four fights, he's been kind of gun-shy. Yep. But in my head, I reasoned he's gun-shy because he's going up against great people. In the UFC, you always have to go against the best. Like, they don't give you easy fights. Like, they don't give you warm-ups. And so I was thinking, like, all right, well, somebody against Jake Paul, he'll walk him down. And he did walk him down. But he did the same thing. He didn't throw fucking punches. Yeah, but you never know how their training is going and stuff. Maybe for the last five years, every time Tyrone Woodley sparred, it hasn't gone so great. Maybe he's even been knocked out. So, like, that can start creating apprehension. But you're training with Gerald Tucker, with Floyd Mayweather. I'm sorry. If I'm training with, like, some of the best people in the world and I'm the caliber athlete that Tyrone is, I feel like this is a psychological thing more than a physical thing. And that's fucking annoying. I think it's both. You just shouldn't, like, I don't know, marathon runners finish the marathon. You know, like, you don't go, I'm tired. I'm going to, like, totally slow down. Like, you're throwing punches. 
pathetic. Wonga had no. a winning. It could have gone the other way. I know, but it, the fact that it's close, you lost. The only way you really win is by dominating them the way you did in the fifth round. So you even had the psychological advantage of knowing you hit the most powerful shot. You almost knocked him out. You almost knocked him down. You have all the accolades. The entire stadium is behind you, and you stop throwing punches. You're conserving your energy for what? Tomorrow? Like, what the... Like, and I get it. Like, I'm not a fighter fighter, but you are. To me, it's like an NFL player, like, not diving for the first down like don't call yourself one of the greatest then you know what i mean you're a good player you're a great athlete you're better than every average person in the world but like different sport though don't look at it like a fight but like tyrone woodley has even said it himself he's trained boxing for how many years now Mm -hmm. he's trained with some of the best people in the world you have money like you're fighting other great strikers in the gym at like american top team and like to me, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's amazing. He, it just, I feel like Tyron Woodley is probably like one of those baseball players. And this is now, but that's like amazing at batting practice, but like can't play during the game, you know? Like, he's too yep. in his own head or something like something. that. Oh, and this was like such a great way to get the fans like on your side. You're never totally a fan favorite. And like, this yeah, is the I first time gone. in my life I was, I was rooting for him so hard. I was never a huge Tyron Woodley fan. Never had the most exciting style. You know, he was always like trying to, he like avoided Wonder Boy a little bit in Maya because, yeah, they're not money fights. And I agree, like, you want to make as much as you can, but like, you didn't, he wasn't like that engaging to the MMA fan. And like, this was such a great way to get the, and it's the same thing with Ben Askren, his friend. A lot of people like kind of rubbed the wrong way by Ben Askren. And then he had a chance to defend the MMA community. And now this is two MMA champions. Yeah. So, okay, so this, this begs the question, who's next? I, I mean, we were really accurate in predicting Jake Paul's next opponent. You want to try shots at the next one now? Yeah, it's somebody like a Masvidal, Nick Diaz. And mm. already Masvidal started talking about Jake Paul. Jake Paul started talking about Masvidal. Yes. Or a, or a Nick Diaz. But the thing is, maybe now it's so big. Maybe Dana White is like, yeah, let me get him two, three fights like that he does at Showtime and other things. And then maybe he goes, all right, I'll send one of my better people to fight him and we'll split it the way he did it with like Connor and Mayweather and he'll make a huge buck. You can't risk losing. I would, I think like, yes, but I think the Paul brothers are smart still. Like, you know, somebody smaller. That's what I'm thinking like welterweights or middleweight at most, but not even a middleweight, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I think, uh, yeah, something like that, like a welter, like a Masvidal, Nick Diaz. Who do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Jake Paul made a list of fighters he wanted to fight, and both Nick and Nate Diaz were on there. He also put a, a bunch of other crazy names that he's not going to get. He's not going to get Canelo. He's not going to get, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Conor McGregor becomes more of a real thing. Conor could definitely be a real thing. That could That's be a such tiny... a huge difference in weight, though, but. Yeah, I mean, again, that could happen. Connor probably walks around at 180. It is a big difference. It'd be 30 pounds. Yeah. But Connor does better than Woodley. Connor does better than Woodley. Definitely. Definitely. So you're saying he wins because Woodley almost won. Yes, Connor definitely beats Jake Paul. Connor. I think we'll have a bet when that happens, if it happens then. (laughs) Connor is definitely not going to be as gun shy. Look, he lost Poirier, but he throws. He's always throwing. You're right. I, I, I would predict that if Jake Paul fought Conor McGregor at this moment 
well, not at this moment. By the time they fight, would be like the better part of a year. But I'll bet on a JKO. JKOing Connor? Yeah. Really? Why? Way younger, way bigger, way faster, way more. Impressive. I don't think he's. I don't think he's faster than Connor McGregor. Yeah, he is. And Connor's point, been boxing. Yeah. He's been training for boxing. Well, he's. If Connor not, was never hurt, actually, Connor doing, wasn't hurt. He's doing nothing but really lifting weights at the moment. Yeah, no, okay. In a year, it's a different story, especially a year of training, whatever. If it happened right now and Connor was healthy, even if he lost like the Dustin Poirier fight, whatever, like that's all still real. I think Connor still does the things that Tyrone did to Jake Paul, which is like walk him down, make him nervous, make him tired. Shit. And yeah, all right. I guess we have a bet. Okay. So I also think there's another possibility that he fights an actual boxer. I shouldn't even say actual boxer. I get mad at this. Tommy Fury. Yeah, there's a lot of like gay love for Tommy Fury today. Everybody was talking about how handsome he was, and like, I don't he know. He is thought... the most padded boxer of all time. No, what does that mean? His record, his opponents are so bad. So, a quick Google search if you just Wikipedia him, look mm-hmm. up all the records of his opponents. I'm telling you, this is the craziest thing you'll ever see. I'll do it for you right now. Right. They don't even have like. But what do you think the record is like of the combined record of his? What is it? Seven opponents or something? Yeah. Seven opponents. It's dude. It's really bad. He's like Jack. So he looks like a movie star. Yeah. He's got a look and he's got a brother. But let's not get carried away on everything else. Yeah, so he's like Jake, though. So like they're similar. They have brothers. Right, here we go. Tommy Fury, opponents combined record. Let, oh, Jake Paul slammed him recently about it. Okay. Uh, one of the fighters that he versed. Okay, so there's a bunch of fighters that he versed that had no wins. One guy was 0-26. <laughs> another guy was 0-11. 0-9. 0-1. O's. That's crazy. There's three fighters with wins. One of them was 2-26. and And here's my favorite fighter. With the most heart, maybe of anyone ever. Ten wins, a hundred and two losses. Who's that guy? What's that guy's name? Jev Genji's. We gotta try Jeves? to. We gotta. We gotta try to interview that guy. Dude, yeah, I can't even imagine. That guy definitely has like a fetish for getting hurt or so something. So now, if you're looking at like combined opponents' record, it's absurd. I mean, there's a hundred and two, twenty six, it's one twenty eight. Plus another 26. It's like 155, 60, 70. There's like 170 losses between seven opponents and a and combined 10. total of 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 wins. All right. That's pathetic. He doesn't deserve shit. This is the craziest. I've never seen anything like it. Like, oh, I'm seven and oh. And you're like, dude, you haven't first. And like, you've gone out of your way to find the worst fighters. In the world. I don't think Jake fights him, though. I don't think that's like a money thing. And God forbid he does lose. It's just like. I would say Tommy Fury and Conor McGregor are my picks that he would fight next. If Dana White does step in, then, yeah, maybe you get a Diaz or a Mazda. I yeah. think, who, do you know I who think else Jake Paul board? beats all of them. What? Yeah. Jake Actually, Masvidal would be like the only one that I'm like, ah. No way. Diaz trains with like Andre Ward. Like Diaz, if D- we have to see Look, Diaz in September. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, may, maybe it's better to hold my reservation on that. But the Diaz brothers have not looked good in what, five to seven years. Why would they look yeah. good next year? Because that's MMA. The Diaz brothers flaw has always been like wrestling and dealing with 
I just feel like with their endurance and if it's just boxing, they'll never be afraid to let their hands go. And they train with Andre Ward. Like they train with legit boxers, like legit sparring. Like Jake Paul. No, so does Jake Paul. You're right. But the Diaz brothers have never been gun shy throwing punches. And I think like that's what's that's that's what helped Paul more than anything today. It's true. Woodley was gun shy. Would help, but they're also again smaller guys than Jake. They're both older. I don't think Nick can even form a sentence at this point. I'm huge Diaz. I know. I just think it's it's way past our point. That's probably the best fight for him to go with. We got to see how good Nick Diaz is when he fights Robbie Lawler in September. But if Diaz did clean up his act, he's still like relatively youngish. He's like 37. He hasn't fought in six years. So I feel like I know he's been partying a lot, people say. But yeah, dude, I'm not expecting anything from him. Maybe I'm wrong about this, but uh, I like to live too much with my heart. That's my problem. You do. I, I, I think basically whoever Jake Paul is versing, I'm betting on Jake Paul. You're going to bet on the other guy. I know. Eventually I'm going to win. <laughs> <laughs> Doubling or nothing. Yeah. I, I just feel like Woodley had the right attitude. His body just did not respond to his mentality. And I think a Diaz or Jorge Masvidal that have trained with great boxers that are good with their, that have way more endurance than Tyrone Woodley, I think they win that. And they're not necessarily that much smaller. Masvidal, them, like, I think they walk around around like 190. So I, I think Masvidal see. stands the best chance of all those. I agree. Yeah. I think Masvidal. And they already kind of started selling that fight a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I, I could see that. Masvidal's in it for the money. Masvidal, I think, also, but I, I would have said the same thing about Woodley. Like, he would lose a lot of respect, you know, like losing. So I felt like Woodley, like being a former champion, like had a lot on the line. And I feel like, yeah, Masvidal, don't, don't do that, though. Don't think that this loss erases the wins he's had. It, it doesn't, but it, what it does do is show that, yeah, Tyron's really done. Yeah. That, that's what it does show. He's still a Hall of Famer. He's still a champion. He's still like a great combat athlete. In a real fight, he takes him down and beats the shit out of him. But yeah, he lost his edge. Oh, we should also talk about what was that matchup earlier on the card that was dope? It was Montana Love beating, um, uh, oh man, what's his name? Was it Russian? His nickname was The Beast. He was sick. Well, I mean, they're both sick. That fight was incredible. It went back and forth. Great stoppage, knockdowns. It was nuts. Yeah, Montana Love sounded like he had a nice story, and mm-hmm. yeah, he was moving well. And what I loved most about that fight is his cor- he listened to his corner. I hate when like sometimes you don't listen mm-hmm. to your corner, and like his corner man was like, "Yo, beautiful boxing." He's like, "You're doing well." He's like, "I think he said like follow up the left with like the right hook," and then he goes, "Watch for the uppercut," you know. And then like mm-hmm. that's what he won with, and it was like, I don't know. I feel like I always loved when a coach said something because if I tried it and it didn't work, like, Oh, it's not totally my fault. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I'm getting support from somebody that knows more than me. It also helps me like shift like a tiny bit of blame almost. So like, I'm just like, so I'm just, you know what I mean? Not in a bad way. Like I'd You're still free. like love. Yeah. yeah. I'm like a little free. Like, all right. Like they yeah. don't. And plus when you are in battle or any sport or anything, sometimes you're too in your own head. And you may not see things clearly. So you get like that other source. Yeah. And yeah. So 
I, I love that about that. And it just also makes me more upset now. But how good would the public view be if they saw that boxing match instead of Jake? See, I don't think it's that the public would care. It's the same way when like Forrest Griffin and like Stefan Bonner won. And that was yeah. just, like they fought and that was like amazing. Yeah. Well, I hope that that fight gets like promoted. I hope that that fight is talked about. That's why I want to kind of mention it. I'm like, it should be talked about. That fight was awesome. Yeah. It's just, I think we talked about this. Like, I think it, you need a story. People care about stories. I know. And the storyline a lot of times is what matters more. So if they did like a 24 seven countdown and people were told like, yo, no, these are the, like, this is the main event. People were like, all right, cool. Yeah. The main event. You yeah. know? And then, and they would, it would care more. It's just hard to care sometimes. Yeah. I don't know if that totally answers your question, but yeah, I get it. All right, so let's talk about the UFC just a little bit. Wasn't a huge card, but I did think it was a pretty awesome fight, the main event. Uh, it's funny because we did mm -hmm. this. Um, I think we were talking about like up and coming fighters or just dream matchups. And I and I picked actually Giga Chikadze versus Edson Barbosa. And later that week, it was announced officially for a fight. I was like, holy shit, like that's incredible. And then mm -hmm. I, so obviously when the fight came to be, I'm like, hell yeah, this is the perfect test. We, you know, Edson's always been like that championship level gatekeeper. Yep. And uh, that was next for Giga. Giga comes out strong with a finish. Yeah, finishing Edson is a big statement, man. I think Giga's the real deal. You might see him be a champion. 100%. I just became a new fan of him. He's 33 years old. He's from Tbilisi, Georgia. So old Soviet Union, like in that Caucasus region where like the Dagestanis and the Chechens, Armenians, and those people are from. I didn't know he was a karate guy, mm. which I thought was interesting. And we also did a podcast back in the day where we were talking about like goat attributes. Like, you know, we were picking like who would we pick as like a sub guy, you know, and like who would we pick as like even just like striking with hands and my striking with legs. I picked Edson Barbosa yep. as like one of the best ever. They said during the fight that he might be the only person in UFC history that has leg kick knockouts, body kick knockout and a head kick knockout. Ooh. All three levels of the body like Edson cool. has done that. And Giga had better kicks than him, yeah. which makes me think like, holy shit, like Edson's one's the best ever. Like he beat him at his game, which mm. makes it so interesting. And it says here his kickboxing record was uh, 44 and six. Okay. I think he's got seven straight UFC wins now. He called out Max Holloway, and I don't know. I'm a Huge. big Max Holloway fan, Huge. and I'm, like, a little nervous. Also, Giga's big. He's 6'1", yeah. 145, so, like, he... I mean, think like about a, how good that match is. People say Holloway's got the best hands. Giga's striking is ridiculous. I think that matchup is dope. I think it's an amazing matchup. I'm a little bit nervous for Max Holloway in that because I feel like maybe one of Max's weaknesses is, like, kicks a little bit. Uh -huh. I feel like that's what Brian Ortega used a lot and like switching it up mm. and Giga. Yeah, just, so here's an interesting yeah. scenario is let's say Brian Ortega beats Volkanowski. Mm -hmm. If they make Max versus Giga, I feel like either one is beating Ortega. Yeah, I think, yeah, they're both way better than Ortega. But Volk is still good. Oh, Volk's the oldest out of all of them, though. Yeah. But I think Max beat Volk last time. I thought that was a bullshit it's decision. Close. Yeah, I think we all thought that. I, I'm with you on that one. That one was, I, I thought that was. And who else is at featherweight? So we have Giga, we have Max, we have Ortega, we have Volkanovski. I mean, Zabi we, we have Zabit. Yair Rodriguez. Yeah, Yair. Korean Zombie. 
Calvin Kareem's. Tatar. Yeah, I wonder Sh- what the, the new Sh- rankings Burgess. are going to look like now that Giga won. I just think you have about five people that can all be champions. Yeah, you do. And, and Giga looks like a guy that like, oh yeah, he's got some championship medal to him. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And him versus Max Holloway like is a championship fight. I think even more so than Ortega and Volkanovski. That's exactly what I was getting at. Yeah, like that's the real championship fight right yeah. now, Holloway and Giga. But maybe Zabit, and I just haven't seen Zabit before, so I would say it's like Zabit's right there too. I think those five guys like all can beat each other. It would be like an amazing tournament. If there was like old school pride days, like add in Yair, have those six people go in, that would be so cool. Or yeah. you need eight. Yeah, I'm excited for Giga. Uh, the only thing I would other mention on that card was... Uh, I think Kevin Lee is done. I didn't see what happened to Kevin Lee. I didn't see that fight. What happened to him? He lost pretty decisively. I don't know. I think uh, UFC is going to cut him. Oh, Kevin Lee. Which is crazy because he showed like big wins, big promise, and just hasn't been the same. I don't know what's going on there either. Yeah. But he's got a talent. Maybe he needs to leave for a little bit. He was training with Faraz Zahabi. I love Faraz Zahabi. Somebody said Trevor Whitman is what Faraz Zahabi used to, what, like, was supposed to be. Speaking of Trevor Whitman, that UFC 268 card that's like mega stacked. Yeah. Trevor Whitman has three straight fights. Yep, exactly. That's why I brought him up. It's the championship fight. He trains Usman versus Colby. Then it's Rose versus Wei Li. Yep. He trains Rose. And then Gagey and Chandler. Yes, Gagey and Chandler. So he might be there for 13 rounds of action. And what's crazy is... If all three fighters were to win, that's like pretty epic coaching in one night. Yeah, he's... I don't think there's anything that beats that in a night. He's up there for best ever. There might have been a Greg Jackson UFC Yeah, there could have been something like that, yeah. Mm -hmm. John Jones, Rashad, and like some of those, like the Jackson camp. But I feel like, yeah, right now Trevor Whitman is the best in the world where that's who you want training you. Ah, good coaches. I'm so upset though. Today's like, I think this, do you think this is sad for the MMA community? Does it hurt? (laughs) Well, I would say to wrap up this episode, the takeaway should be stop thinking with your heart. No, I think with my heart. (laughs) Oh, I got, I got to do one shout out. We have to, we have to, we have to shout out Adonis. Adonis this week got his white belt in Taekwondo. He's five years old and he's starting his martial arts journey. Oh, nice. I told him I'd shout him out. Right? I was still a little nervous for jujitsu, but I think uh, Adrian is like warming him up with like some of this learning how to take direction and kick. He broke a wooden board. Wow, it's fucking funny. awesome. Yeah, cool, it was like man. one of the cutest cool. things. So yeah, if you know a kid out there, I feel like we should do something in the future if we become big, like like you know, like a little scholarship or something for like kids to train martial arts or. Uh, that'd be cool. Just train them something like that. So get your little brothers and kids training i think uh it'll just make their lives so much better mm. so yeah shout out adonis all right yeah i guess that's good that's it thanks for listening to the philosophy of fighting podcast if you have any questions suggestions or if you would like to fight us send us a dm on instagram at philosophy underscore fighting